Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I want to welcome the Lord, and I want to do a message that's completely off the page. Uh, around, I think it was 8 o'clock last night, the Lord said, you're not doing the message you thought you were going to do. And I was up at 2.30 in the morning hearing from the Lord with some things that I believe you're here on purpose. None of you are here by accident. And I love when God divinely speaks. I don't want to be here any other way, to be honest with you. I, I just don't. I, I don't want church as usual. In fact, we're going to talk about church as usual today. And how I believe God would like to see that shift and, uh, and why. But Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we ask you to speak to us. We open our ears and we open up our hearts. And Lord, we want to leave different. We want to leave changed. We don't want to leave the same. We want to leave stirred and provoked. And we do want to leave encouraged. Lord, there's times where your correction is necessary and we're open to that. In fact, we welcome that and we ask you to speak in ways you've never spoke to us. And if there's something that we need to adjust in our lives, we're willing to do that. We, we, we won't say, here I am, but we will say, here am I. There's a big difference. Father, here, here am I. Uh, I'm willing. I'm, I'm, I'm willing. Just say that to the Lord. I'm willing. If you're watching on the podcast, say that I'm willing. I, I, I believe that the, the Lord is speaking to many of you already and stirring your heart. And so, Father, we welcome you to, to do a completion of the work that you want to do and that you started in many of us. And maybe today is a start. We're, we're open to that. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about knowing the moment. I want to read a, a prophetic word that somebody sent me this morning on the way here, and I want to release one that I have for many of you that are here, and I'm not going to do this over individuals. I'm going to release this corporately, and if the shoe fits, wear it. Um, the Lord spoke to me on uh, last night and on the way here this morning that there are many of you who are looking at a situation that looks like a closed door or a roadblock or an obstacle or a, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Anybody looking at a situation like that? And God wants you to know, I'm going to ask that again, anybody dealing with a situation, response is real important this morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of people in here, if not everybody. The, Lord's, it, the Lord says this, where you're looking at a situation that looks impossible, it's a way for me to show up and show the possibility of what I want to do. Yeah. Not what you want, but what I want. And uh, as we follow the, the, the Holy Spirit's leading, we will follow his pathway and what he wants in his timing, not our timing. Oftentimes, it's not the direction we heard is wrong. It's the timing that we're just not sure of. And the timing is hardly ever what we want because we want it sooner than it is. But, and then sometimes we feel like we're running late and God wants to fast forward some things in our um, lethargic lack of tuning in. He wants to get our attention. And so he's going to set that right for you. You don't need to worry about that. Just follow the leading of Holy Spirit and trust that he is orchestrating things in what might look like your Saturday moment before a resurrection. Trust that God is lining it all up and go back and listen to the past three messages that we did here where we were talking about faith. And next week, we're going to talk about it again. Again, so a little commercial for you for next week, but I want to encourage you knowing the moment, and if you would in your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles, or if you're just going to look at the screen, that's fine, or you can look on the YouVersion app, 2 Chronicles 
go to chapter 7 and verse 14 in the NIV. So 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And I want to say this, that the church is in an interesting place right now. Because how many of you know times in the natural, when you look at the world, it, it looks like a disaster. And it's like the church is just doing church as usual and it almost not even picking up on the time that we're living in, in that I haven't noticed an increase in evangelism. I haven't noticed an increase of Holy Spirit, we need you. We need to leave room for you to do what you want to do. And the Lord has been setting me straight on this, that right now is all about leaving room for Holy Spirit leaving room for God to do what only God can do so that God can get the glory for the miracles that only God can work out that if we don't allow him or invite him or leave room for him or roll out the red carpet for him, you know, he'll, he'll pass by. And I don't want that. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. I want to dissect a very popular scripture that we read and I'm going to read it for once. And then I'm going to read it a second time a little differently. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Okay? Notice it says, if my people, it's talking about the church. This is not talking about the sinner. It's talking about the saint. If my people, the ones who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, get back to seeking me, get back to connecting with me, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What that says there is the onus of God repairing America is not on the sinner, it's on the saint. And your willingness to step away from sin and see God correct those things and repent will dictate whether he heals the land or not. Will dictate whether we go into judgment or not. Now, the judgment of God has been omitted from preaching in America. You don't hear it. It's all about an inspirational, encouraging word. It's just wonderful. God's just, he's just awesome. And listen, that is true. That is true. We've got to establish that. But the judgment of God is a real thing. And we are experiencing it right now as a nation. How do you know? Well, I'm going to go through some things that Israel dealt with. And you look at the parallel and you tell me, do we see some of this right now? I'm going to, I'm going to go there in just a minute. I want to give you a story that really woke me up this week. There was a U.S. missionary who visited Sudan about a decade ago, and there was a woman, I don't know what they would call somebody who's from Sudan, Sudanese, I don't, I don't even know, whatever, is that right, Sudanese? Okay, so, um, so this, this woman uh, met this missionary, single guy, went over there, and she fell in love with him, and, and he, they got married, and he moved back to the U.S., and uh, so she used to, there's a tremendous persecution in Sudan. It is a life or death situation. You're constantly looking over your shoulder if you're a Christian. Super, super, super dangerous over there. 
And so she's here in the States and, you know, he's just so excited for her to come back and so excited for her to experience true freedom and not having to look over your shoulder every single minute, going to sleep at night and not worrying about them burning your house down and burning you alive. And she looked at him two years ago and she said, I've got to move back to Sudan. He said, why would you want to do that? I took you here. I brought you here. I've given you a life of freedom. You don't have to look over your shoulders. You don't have to worry anymore. And she said, there is a sleepy lullaby on Christians in America. And I feel it creeping on me. And I'm afraid for my life in eternity with the Lord. I've got to go back to the persecution. If that doesn't wake you up right there. A sleepy lullaby has come onto the church. You go, is this an encouraging message? Well, sure it is. Listen, it's going to end with hope. But I need you to understand that we're asleep. And there's a judgment that comes from a sleepy, lethargic church that's not awake to the things of God. We want the blessing, but we don't want the lordship. We love the Savior, but do we love the Lord? Americans don't want to hear about submission. And now we end up with a society that looks the way that it looks that's out of control. How do we bring order to this? Well, I want to talk about that today. I believe we're in this moment. I really do. I believe we're entering into this moment, but I also believe that we have a way out because Scripture says we do. Isaiah 3, let's read verses 1 to 5. This is the Lord's judgment on Israel. See, now the Lord, the Lord Almighty, is about to take from Jerusalem and from Judah both supply and support, all supplies of food and all supplies of water. Now, I want to pause right here. Guys, there's an attack on our food supply right now in this nation. All these train derailings, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm telling you, this is not just coincidence. All of the things that are happening right now in this nation, wake up, America. This is not all coincidence. The fact that we have a massive fuel supply issue, not coincidence. The fact that our military is at an all-time low of being able to defend ourselves, not just coincidence. And when we're more worried about our fresh Starbucks in the morning than our borders being controlled, we have an issue. Wake up, America. My grandfather who fought for this great nation is probably rolling in his grave going, where is the holiness? I sound angry. I'm not. I'm just, I'm I'm passionate about this. Verse two, the hero and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the man of rank, the counselor, skilled craftsman and clever enchanter. I will make mere youths their officials. Children will rule over them. People will oppress each other, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. Anybody seeing this happen in this nation right now? I went, I, I told the staff a story in the back today, our team. We use the word team, not staff. 
we were in the back and I said, I parked in a handicapped spot because I, I needed to back it up and it was right in front of a UPS store. I had to carry something into the UPS. It was very heavy and I just wanted to park there for a minute to carry it in. I left my car running. Liz was in the car. So it wasn't, it was, you know, it was just a, it was just a moment that I had out of convenience because this thing, this box that I was carrying was so heavy. And there was a guy, not a handicapped guy, just felt like he was Charlotte's sheriff, came and rolled down his window with some choice words for me just to let me know, just in case I didn't know that I was in the handicapped spot. And I thought, there it is. There it is. We're looking at it. We're looking at it. People will oppress each other, man after man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will rise up against the old, the nobody against the honored. Has anybody noticed a lack of honor in this nation now? Jesus said this in Matthew 4, 17, though. He said, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Guys, I want to say this. It's wrapping up. The kingdom of heaven is near. Walk holy and spread it everywhere you can. That's it. Do right, trust God in this moment that we're in. How are we going to make it through this? Uh, This gets hopeful. I just wanted to wake you up to reality of what's happening right now. But now, how do we pull through as the church? How do we get things straight? How do we make things right? Well, repentance is one of them. But we need community like we saw in the book of Acts in the church where we start sharpening each other. We start provoking each other. How many of you know we're supposed to provoke each other to righteousness? That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so it says this in Psalms 133, I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's just three, three verses right here. How good and pleasant it is when God's people, God's people, us, the church live together in everybody say unity in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together, when the church dwells together in unity, when we don't argue about stupid things. Don't argue about theology. You're probably wrong. They're probably wrong. We're going to get to heaven and find out how much of our theology is wrong, not how much of it's right. So quit arguing about it because you're just not that awesome. But you are. Jesus loves you. (laughs) Always got to end there. It is like precious oil when we dwell together in unity, poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe, it is like the dew of Hermon, were, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. There is life when we dwell together in unity and we encourage each other, hey, you're not on the right track. Have you noticed that we can't anymore encourage each other with a word that's like, hey, I think you're going down the wrong path and not see us uh, anger rise out of people? Yeah. That's a problem, and it's a sign of the age and the day that we're living in. If you're not open to correction, you're not humble. If you're not humble, the Lord resists the proud, so you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. And guys, I've been there. I'm not waving a finger at anybody in this room. I've been there. It's like, get off me. Well, no, actually, I want to welcome that. That's probably good. You know, there, I, I heard John Maxwell say, everything that's said, even if it's completely wrong, there's probably a moment of truth in it for you. Selah, just think about that. Let it marinate. Proverbs 27, verse 17. It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. That's why we need each other. You need to hear people tell you things you don't want to hear. 
You need to hear people that say that relationship's toxic. You need to hear people say, you're toxic for that relationship. No, you're the one that's wrong. Oh, we don't like that. Well, that's why being part of a community is so important. That people can say, hey, you know what? You've been in a place of sin and sin makes you stupid and you're being stupid. It's not the end of the world. Recognition of that is great when it's followed up with repentance and change. When I got in trouble as a kid, I used to say, I'm sorry. They used to go, what does I'm sorry mean? I, I, I'm sorry. What does it mean? I'm sorry. What does I'm sorry mean? It means I, I'm going to change. It means change. Repentance. It means, God, I'm open to change. I'm not just saying I'm sorry for what I did. I'm saying I'm sorry and I want to change this. That's true repentance. The problem is we love the casualty of sin. So I'm sorry often means just forgive me so I can get in. But I don't want to change that. Well, that's called I'm looking for a savior. I don't want a Lord. This message is getting fun, isn't it? So it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. Hebrews 10 verses 23 to 25. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promise. We've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks, the promises of God. God always keeps his promise. You go, well, I'm staring at a situation. Where's your promise now? You know, Maybe his promise looks so good that he's willing to develop some character in you in the waiting moment. And there should be a renewal in the waiting moment, according to Isaiah. You just can't get frustrated. You got to be patient in the process. Oh, but I hate the process. Oh, but God loves the process of what's going on inside of you when you submit to his lordship. Oh, it's getting quiet in this church. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Because the character and the demonstration of Jesus through us, it's his kindness that leads folks to repentance. I think the issue is we try to love, but are we trying to be compassionate? Because the two are linked. You can't have one without the other. That's like a, that's like a marriage right there. Are you compassionate towards the person that's struggling? Well, they sinned. Well, you should be compassionate. You know, when I, if I were to spill paint on the floor right here, y'all will probably help me clean it up, hopefully, and not take the bucket and spill the rest out. But as the church, when we see someone who's struggling with sin or a problem, oftentimes we just smear it everywhere instead of trying to help them. It's time to start getting the paint back in the bucket. What are we doing? Compassion. This is not a time to pull away and neglect meeting together. If you're watching online, love you. As some of you have formed the habit of doing, maybe you formed the habit of watching online. It's just, it's just. It, can I tell you, this is one of the things that I believe the enemy really worked through COVID. Yeah. Getting everybody in the church just used to being, cow. Oh, you know what? It's just fun being in my PJs and watching online. It's not the time to pull away meeting together. As some of you have formed the habit of doing, in fact, we should come together even more frequently. So when you leave church, look at a few people say, hey, what are you doing? You want to go out to eat? There's a Metro diner down here, which by the way, awesome stuff. Can I get an amen to all the Huntersville families who know about it? Go get you an omelet and invite some people and talk about the things of God and provoke each other. 
over food. It's scriptural. How many of you know we're going to a wedding feast? Go put a few pounds on today in Jesus' name. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that dawning day. The Lord's coming back. He's coming. People get ready. What that means is people repent. He wants to heal this land. He's looking for a remnant. He's looking for a group of people that are sitting in a, in a, in a church in Huntersville that are saying, Lord, I take this seriously. Here am I. I'm, I'm, I'm here, Lord. I, I, I'm willing to stop looking at pornography. I need to see your spirit move. I'm, I'm willing to watch what I listen to. And you know, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Remember that Sunday school song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. We need the Lord. And he's looking for a bride, a spotless bride. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Him and her with what? Clean hands and a pure heart. I, I know my heart's desperately wicked, which is why every day I repent and say, Lord, just whatever is in here, show me. And, and, and let my heart break for the things that break yours because, Father, this is a marriage and I, I want to love you. And this doesn't become a chore. This becomes a desire. And then you heal my land when I do this and I come to you and I repent and I, and I turn from those ways and I say, Father, look, and, and, and I understand that we all, we all have choices that are poor choices. It's, it's okay. We can access the Lord through repentance and say, okay, I messed up. That's, that's, but, I, but I'm growing, Father. Am I growing? I want you to ask yourself that this morning. Are you growing in the Lord? And with everything you do as a worshiper, you understanding that the healing of a land starts with me. It starts with me. Because if my people, if my bride will get to a place of humility and a place of repentance and a place of marinating in my glory, and that's what's wrong with the American church right now, this lullaby is that we have become more concerned about the hour and 14 minutes and 35 second service than we are marinating in the glory where we go, God, just speak and say what you want to say. Can I tell you the problem with America is we're hanging out in places that are not filled with the spirit. That wouldn't know the sound of Holy Spirit if he, if he walked in the room. And the Lord is saying the casualty of that moment for many of you, you've got to get to a place where you understand it's over. So I want to keep going. And I want to end with this, that who you align yourself with is so important because you are what you hang with. I feel a twist of conviction right here. Some of you are going, well, the Lord will show me in his time. Well, no, there's no time like now to be equally yoked. No time like now. Are you in close relationship with folks that are equally yoked? I look at equally yoked different than some do. Some look at it as, okay, well, they're saved. They know the Lord. I don't look at it that way. I look at the value system of a person, the value system of Holy Spirit, the value system of God moving. 
the value system of submission to the Lord. Here's what scripture says. You can't argue with it. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, that doesn't mean that we are to be exclusive as the church and not reach the world, but we're not to be of this world. Which means if you look the same as them, how can you pull them higher? I think the problem with the church is we've lowered the standard in an effort to reach them rather than raising the standard in an effort to reach them. And I have repented this week for that, God, I don't want to lower the standard and call it evangelism. I see so many young girls that are like, I just want a godly man. I just want a godly man. And they lower their standard and they end up in a year in divorce. No, don't you lower your standard. Don't you lower your standard. Pull the standard high and God, the most high, will give you the right person at the right time. That's a word for several of you in this room this morning. Oh man, you get what you you get what you expect. Are you expecting? Are you expecting that God will give you the impossible miracle? Some of you that looks like the person, the right person that I'm supposed to be married and aligned with. Well, that's easy for you to say. You were married at 20. Can I tell you, as a pastor's kid, every well, not everybody. That's an exaggeration. Many, many, many people said you're making a mistake. This marriage is never going to last. You're too young. I had intercessors in the church. Oh, we know why you're getting married. You're pregnant. I just had my first baby. We've been married 20 years. It's obviously an inaccurate word. I think that's the problem. We need an awakened church, not a woke church. And the sleepy lullaby that's in America is telling the church, no, you need to be woke, not awake. Because there's deception in the end times. Good is posed as evil and evil is posed as good. We're seeing it. We're seeing it. So how do we shake this moment? I want to wrap up with four things. Ingredients for standing firm in the Lord through the test of time. Number one, continually make it a lifestyle of repentance. We must continually repent. Number two, we must continually pray. Stay connected to the Lord. I've said this before. Prayer is not just you giving the Lord your request. It's listening. It's communication. It should be back and forth. If you're not hearing God, you're missing out. If you're not hearing Holy Spirit, I don't know how you're planning on directing your life without that. Wouldn't want to be there. Just saying is all. Number three, we must continually stay in fellowship with Jesus. In fellowship with Jesus. I say that because, again, that's, and that's the same as prayer, but fellowshipping, going back and forth like I was just talking about. And then number four, we must continually stay in fellowship with those who provoke us to righteousness. Some of you need to break off some fellowship that's pulling you down. You go, I don't know that that's godly. Sure it is. We just read it. We just read it. Bad company corrupts good character. Oh, well, I can handle it. Can you? Can you? I can't. I don't don't trust myself. I don't trust this heart because the Bible says it's desperately wicked. 
So I hang around people that when there is a course adjustment needed, they say there's a course adjustment needed. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't think that. Or you can think that. You should never say that. That's oftentimes said to me because I'm a mouthpiece. It's my anointing. How many of you know your greatest strength could be your greatest weakness? But I want to encourage the person that's listening on the podcast right now. Are you around people that's provoking you? The person that's watching online, are you around people provoking you to righteousness? Are you around people that are equally yoked? Have you baptized yourself in community of people that are pulling you higher? If not, it's very clear. Just repent, pray, fellowship with Jesus, and fix it. Hang out with godly people. It's just not hard. This is the recipe for seeing a whole nation, a nation that's whole. It's so simple. I don't want to make it more complicated this morning. I just want to say this. Let's stand to our feet this morning. And I want to ask you to do something. Maybe you're not comfortable. If you roll your eyes, that's fine. I'm going to do it anyway because I feel the Holy Spirit said to Could we stretch across the aisles and grab the hand of the person that's next to us? Because there's power when two or three are gathered in his presence. Father, we're here as a family this morning, as a community, common unity, a community of people, a common unity that we share in you. And we ask you, Lord, to move on this family that we call Hope Covenant Church. Those that are watching online, Father, we thank you that we can access your presence. We can repent, access your presence, fellowship with you. Lord, as we commit to your lordship and say, okay, we're going to change this moment, you'll move and you'll heal this very nation. Father, we repent this morning. We repent for casually living our lives, for the casualty of sin. And we thank you, Lord. Take the cold, cleanse our lips, purify our minds, clean our hearts out, Father, this morning. And we ask you to heal our land as we come up on election season, Jesus. We ask you for a righteous leader, Father. We ask you for righteousness, Jesus. Righteous local officials here in Huntersville, here in Charlotte, here in North Carolina, in the United States of America, Lord, heal our land. And we say, here are we. Here am I, God. Here am I. Hear me this morning, Jesus. Do with me what you want. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you shout amen? Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.